Um, Steve Vines is here. Um, Paul Chan. It was an hour and 53 minutes. He I, is he is the Cicero of our times. <laughs> when it comes to rhetoric, that Paul Chan, eat your heart out, Cicero. I know he's dead. I mean, I do know that. But, you know... Gosh, he's 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 a well, he's an orator. There's no there's no other way of describing him. And you sort of have to hand it to him in a way to to stand it there for an hour and fifty three minutes. As far as I can see, he only took one sip of water in the whole <laughs> in the whole thing. Well, he and was probably like me. I was in a frenzy of a frenzy of passion listening to the budget speech. Um, th- there was, it, as were the other citizens of the Hong Kong Special Administrative Region. It wasn't just me. Indeed, it was everybody. And in fact, there were several of us here in the studio. And one frenzied. of the, and one of those people <laughs> fell asleep. Uh, I, 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 I'm not going to tell you who it was. Yeah, but, <laughs> but his name has been given to the to the relevant authorities. As, as, we as, passed it on. <laughs> Good, excellent. <laughs> what do you think you're going to buy? Now, I see. You... I see in the slave press this morning. This is being hailed as a as a uh, blueprint for the future, a forward looking and um, and other adjectives of a futuristic nature. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've got to say. Boy, it passed me by. <laughs> I, I mean, I know what they're talking about because, um, you know, there's one born every day who believe this stuff. But anyway, what they're talking about this is, is this mouth-watering amount mm. of money that he keeps pouring into what he thinks are high-tech, uh, high-tech programs, or IT as he calls it, mm. which I believe is called something technology. I don't know. No, what does I that don't stand know. For? Information. Uh, information, mm. is it? Mm. Oh, my God. Mm. Well, whatever that is... Um, 50 billion bucks. That's incidentally on top of the 10 billion that was poured in in the last budget. And what is this actually going for? Yeah, what happened to that? Ah, well, um, the results are, are there for all to see. But it's interesting. I mean, he's even part of that money. He's going into the, the, the joke, the joke um, project called Cyberport, which uh, everybody knows has been highly successful as a, as a project for um, uh, residential, luxury residential properties. But, you know, name me one thing. One, not, not, I'm not being demanding it. Name me one thing <laughs> that has come out of Cyberport that um, in any in any tangible way hmm. represents a real breakthrough in technology. So Cyberport, bless them, they're going to get 100 million bucks for the development of something called eSports and, and it's going to become... <laughs> don't laugh. Don't laugh. Otherwise you're out the room. It's going to become... My a, lips are sealed. ...a digital entertainment node. <laughs> now, there's not many people who've been a node all week, but apparently they're going to that hundred bu- hundred million bucks will make them into a digital a entertainment node. Oh. But, but that's not the end of it. That's mm. not the end. But they're getting another two hundred million for startups in 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 Cyberport. As we know, it's been so staggeringly successful that the only way of maintaining that frenzied level of success is to put another twenty million. Of course, that pales. Sorry, mm. two hundred million. Mm. That pales, mm. pales in insignificance mm. with um, the twenty billion that's going to the Lokmar Chow. Um, twenty billion, isn't it? Twenty Shenzhen, billion. This, this, uh, yeah, mm. uh, yeah. Um, um, one of one of the um, very um, uh, shrewd people at RTHK has pointed out that 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 it, that used to be in the Greater Bay Area, but according to Paul Chan, naughty, naughty Paul. He's not. He's not using the word greater anymore. What's he it's, saying it's now? It's merely the Bay Area. I mean, that's oh, terrible. I think you're right. I think he did say the Bay Area. <sighs> he yeah. should have. Where, where, uh, uh, comrade, comrade Chan. The, the 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 actual designation is Greater Bay Area, and really, 
I'm, I'm embarrassed on your behalf that you don't know the right terminology. Anyway, 20 billion <laughs> is going, and he made the point quite emphatically that that's just the first tranche. Mm. There's going to be more poured in. And of course, of course, there's going to be more and more and more money poured into the science park. You know, there's going to be a 10 billion technology. Fund. Now, the science park, as everybody in the globe knows, has been phenomenally successful as an innovator of um, um, uh, as an innovator of um, 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 and also an innovator of um, oh, but besides which yes they've developed apps there oh yes yes they have developed apps. well that's a first well I mean I think nobody else has I think it's wonderful that, 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 that you can pour billions and billions of dollars into this great structure and replicate exactly the sort of thing that teenagers are doing in their own bedrooms I think that's just very very impressive so and is, is that what the 20 billion dollars is going to be spent on do you think oh a lot more okay. a lot more okay so Gosh. it's a posh industrial estate that makes apps well uh, and other things um, okay there, there's talk of biotech there's talk, talk of... Of course, it's going to be a hub. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I apologise to the listener that I didn't mention the word hub previously. It will be a hub. Um, or it is a hub, or maybe it will... See, the thing about Science Park is they're all, they, they built one big tranche of it. Now they're busy building another big tranche of it. Presumably they're going to build a third big tranche of it. So all this money, tonnes and tonnes of money, goes into these buildings which do or don't house you know, advanced technological developments. But if you actually talk to anybody who's got an idea for something which may even not be an app, may even be something more substantial mm. than an Ooh. app, when they go to the science park, they're faced with this horrendous bureaucracy. Mm. So actually getting in there, unless, of course, you've got connections, then, of course, the road is, is much smoother, and thank God for that. But, you know, if, if you go in there connectionless... And there's no sort of big, important person backing you. Just give it a whirl, because I know people who've tried to work with Science Park. Now, I don't know whether they are brilliant or they aren't brilliant, but mm. I do know that they ain't going to get a chance to go there. It's just too damn difficult. And, I mean, to give you a level of how difficult it is, a lot of these people have failed to managed to make her entry into Science Park, mm. had she gone across the border where the, where the bureaucracy is supposed to be even more terrifying? And they said, you know what, in Shenzhen it's a lot easier to get up now and that, running than that it is, is here. Starting I mean, to that be is frightening, staggering, isn't it? Isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you address, you, you, you keep building and you put in this and you put in that, but actually down at the old end where it matters, you know, mm. with, I'm sorry to use this word, but don't listen if you get offended, people Mm. The level at where people are concerned, well, well, you know, yeah, there, there, there's a form to fill in. So this forward-looking strategy with $50 billion, think about that, of our money. Let, let me just put that in perspective. That, that um, compares, the $50 billion compares with $220 million, not billion, that's, that's being given to um, projects for, for, for children and disadvantaged youth. It compares with 660 million for rehabilitation services. And, you know, considering that, 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 that Comrade Chan made such a big point in talking about the problems that Hong Kong has with its democracy and the increasing aging of the population, it's 2.23 billion were put in for elderly services. So, in other words, less than 5% 
of the money that's being devoted to all of these grandiose high-tech projects is going into the actual needs of people in Hong Kong who really, really need a break. You know, Mm. that's the one in five people who are living below the poverty line, the figure that doesn't go away. So even where these so-called giveaways have been given away in the budget, most of them are given to people who, for example, are taxpayers are earning quite reasonable sums of money. Well, I'm not against that, but I'm just saying the balance here seems to be cockamamie beyond belief. And then there's that very, very generous $2,000 to students, to underprivileged students. Gosh, that's going to go a long way. You know, two thousand dollars a year. That, Actually, that that could buy whoa, um, 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 very little. That was that was the sort of thing that was quite noticeable, wasn't it? That at one end of the scale, you know, we're talking about fifty billion dollars or thirty billion or twenty billion dollars, and then suddenly, oh, two thousand. Put this this <laughs> yeah. little bit of money into such and such I mean, and honestly, such and such. I, I mean, how anybody, um, uh, unless they're doing it under orders, could possibly describe this as a visionary budget is is completely beyond me. I mean, the, there's a few things that he didn't do, which I think is good. I mean, he didn't, for example, um, uh, 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 give out, you know, just sort of dish out money willy-nilly, which has been done in the past, you know, mm. these vouchers for 6000 bucks. I mean, that's just irresponsible use of public funds. I'm, I'm glad he didn't do that. What well, did he miss out? What did he miss out of the budget, did, did, Well, think? I think it's called education. You see, the problem, the problem with high-tech and the problem with all these things is you actually need... A, a population that can do all this stuff. Now, mm. they think in the government that the way to do it is you either bring in people, because, of course, there's a new scheme. Gosh, there's always a new scheme. There's a new scheme for bringing in people with these special skills. But the real issues of education start at the primary level. Basic literacy, ability to think. And it's always that level of education which is neglected. And yet again, primary and pre-primary school, because it's not sexy, you know, um, teaching children to, you know, build bricks. It's not, you know... But it's always well-received, though, isn't it? Well, I mean, because people who are parents kind of understand Mm. that, that, that very small children at their formative years... These are the crucial years. I mean, I... I don't know what it is about this government, this blindness. They're so focused on higher education, which, incidentally, I'm not saying it's either or. I'm not against higher education. I'm just saying, but it should be that plus. And the real emphasis is they're closing down schools in Hong Kong because they don't have enough pupils. Instead of saying, well, why don't we just have smaller classes in primary schools? Why don't we make the pre-primary um, education sector not so heavily dependent on private companies, which is how it's run in Hong Kong at the moment. These are things that make a phenomenal difference, and it's not a big spend. I mean, relative to the sorts of monies that are being chucked around, it's not a big spend, and it it, it produces results which have been proven time and time again. This isn't rocket science, but you know, it's not glamorous, it's not sexy, and they go, nah, nah, we don't want to do that. There's mm. a tech fund we'd like to put $10 billion into. I and find that- it very depressing. And, I mean, you know, you look at the, what's going on in public hospitals at the moment, which are sort of spilling over with people. You don't have enough money to provide vaccine for the flu epidemic. I mean, gosh, how can you say that you've got money for everything else except for what people actually need right here and now, actually today? Mm. Mm. Hmm. I mean, you know, is he, honestly, is he still pandering to the property developers when it comes to it? I mean, it sounds to me, well, I, I, it's I, concrete and property, isn't it? It's concrete and property, but I think it is also 
the ultimate bureaucratic mindset. The mindset is that, you know, if, if Hong Kong is to progress, the government knows best how to do it. We will control funds. We will build buildings for it. There's never any idea that, that individuals could really, you know, go out and do this themselves. And it's that horrible bureaucratic mindset is that you've got to create new bodies. So, of course, every one of these things has a new body. And then you put all your mates on the body and they all sit there, oh, I'm, I'm part of the new technology um, uh, investigation committee um, looking into um, bio... Um, and, um, you know, I once knew a doctor, so... <laughs> oh, oh, trust me, I'll, 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 I'll be looking at this very carefully. So you've got the bureaucracy with his horrible, sticky little hands over everything. And, you know, the current chief executive is, of course, the bureaucrat's bureaucrat. She's a great believer in the ability of the bureaucracy to do everything. Paul Chan, bless him. Uh, nobody knows what his great ability is, but I'm sure he has Stop one. It. Stop it. <laughs> I'm sure he has one. His <laughs> rhetoric, that's his great ability. Steve Wines on a Thursday morning. Um, Steve's with us, and uh, um, just before we get into the next thing, Steve, we were talking about jobs for the boys earlier on, and there's that story kicking around, to just talk about Trump for a second, that his personal pilot is going to be become head of the FAA, the Federal Aviation mm -hmm. Authority. Sorry, which... what's the problem? <laughs> Have I missed something? I, I mean, you look at the other appointments that have been made by the Trump administration. I mean, no, but this, well, I... this bloke at least is vaguely in the business. So. Exactly, but it's... It's uh, everywhere. It's, it's staggering. I mean, it is staggering. You know, I mean, so it's well, not. It isn't just Hong Kong. It is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're you're, you're taking. You're you're <laughs> you're like. I was reading about. There's a football team in England where which loses every week, and the fans have started to to, to shout at, at, at the crowd. You're nothing special. We lose every week. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> Which team is that? It's something like Portsmouth. I'm probably being unfair, but it's it, it, apparently that's their, their slogan. You know, You're nothing special. We lose every week. <laughs> Very good. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it is true. It is true. I mean, you know, mm. you've got to mm. give the Hong Kong government a break. There is, there is worst out there. Now, talking yes. about um, another government, which is not so far away. Not at all. And uh, it looks like the um, uh, the promotion prospects uh, of some have been dulled now because of uh, President, action, President, action this week. Yes, right? well, uh, Xi Jinping, this is a cliffhanger because it's got to go to the National People's Congress and who mm. knows which way a vote will go there. Boy, there is a cliffhanger. <laughs> but apparently they are going to amend the Constitution so that he can remain president forever. What was interesting about this, and I, I was just reading before I came in here, an interview with Bao Tung, who was mm. um, Zhao Ziyang's um, secretary, um, saying, you know, you should remember that the person who introduced this uh, time limitation, the two terms, um, and it was introduced to really to stop Mao Zedong reappearing, mm. you know, because they, 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 it was realised that once you have a, an unlimited period of power, it, it does it does start to go, you know, it's like a cheese. It does start to smell a bit after a while. Well, there's plenty of examples of there's that. There's plenty of examples, but apparently um, Deng Xiaoping, who who in the end put his, his, his arm behind this move, of course, he, he said, you know, well, that's quite right. We shouldn't allow people just to uh, um, cling on to power indefinitely. And, of course, that's exactly what he did mm, himself. Mm, mm. But he did it without the titles. I mean, he, he, I think he was just the only title that he had um, besides being... Uh, 
the chairman of the All China Bridge Association, was he was, you, you know, he remained in charge of the Central Military Commission, which, of course, is one of the most powerful bodies of state. Yeah. But he just did the control from behind the scenes. Now, in the case of Xi Jinping, of it's course, all, right? it's everything. He's president. Mm. He's the general secretary of the Communist Party. He's mm. the chairman of the Central Military Commission. And the, the speed with which he has acquired not only these titles, but the reality of the power that lies behind these titles in the space of less than five years is, is breathtaking. And, you know, what what is this all about? I mean, why does he... Um, well, I mean, I know why he's doing it, but the question is, what well, you, you know, the weasel explanation for this is, and you, you can read it in the usual suspect publications in Hong Kong, the weasel explanation is, oh, well, you know, <clears throat> if there's a time limit on, on, on Xi Jinping's uh, uh, period in office, the, the, the enormous reforms that he's instituting will, will be in jeopardy, um, because if he's not there, they'll collapse. It's quite interesting that the weasels, when they make this point don't also recognise that they themselves are highlighting the inherent weakness of a dictatorship, which mm. is it is so revolving around personalities rather than over institutions. So, you know, I mean, we were sort of jokingly talking about yet another piece of madness from the Trump institution, but what everybody points out about America is, even if you have a president like Donald Trump, and goodness, you couldn't have too many of them because it really wouldn't work, but even if you do have a president, mm. you've got very strong institutions mm. Mm. that keep the show on the road regardless of what lunatic is occupying the West Wing of the White House. So in China, of course, you don't have that. The institutions are fundamentally weak. That's the whole point. And they are dependent very much on the nature of the leaders. Now, in the period before Xi Jinping and after Deng Xiaoping, so it's only a period of... of, less than two decades you you did sort of have a collective leadership i mean the 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 hu jintao's of this world even the jiang zimin's of this world they were never powerful enough to 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 run the show on their own they had to get consensus among their colleagues of course yeah like themselves they weren't elected they didn't have any popular accountability but you know they, they they were slightly constrained by the fact that the leadership itself, the leading, the leading cadres within the party were a collective body and there was a sort of check and balance. Not much, but there was a sort of check and balance operating there. Under Xi Jinping, it really is one man. Mm. And the people who he has around him are... She's people, they're not the Communist Party's people, so to speak. And in a way, it seems to have happened pretty quickly i mean in five years it's happened with extraordinary um speed i mean Mm. you know you you may argue well only somebody like xi jinping could do this i mean remember he's a princeling he doesn't come from nowhere his father was a powerful figure within the communist party he uh, you read biographies of him and stories of his youth apparently from his earliest days he was planning for where he's got to today so you know while um he had contemporaries who were going off and doing much more high-earning jobs. Because, I mean, he's an intelligent man. He could easily have, uh, 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 have, have gone into that sort of activity with the connections he has through his father. He could have been this, that and the other. But no, no. He went off and did the unglamorous work in the provinces mm. and said, you know, if I'm going to be leader of the Communist Party, I've got to be 
I've got to go this way through the ranks. This is the way to do it. So here is someone, here is the original man with the plan. Mm. So by the time he got into office, the plan was there. It wasn't something he thought, oh, I'll, I'll muddle along and see how we go with this one. He's ruthless. He knows how the system works pro probably better than more or less anybody else in the system. And China is at a juncture in history where there's a lot of wealth in the country, there's a lot of poverty, but there's a lot of wealth in the country. So he has the means to do things that previous leaders couldn't have dreamed of doing. Now he's saying, I want to do that for as long as I want to do that. Mm. And always when dictatorships... Um, uh, exists swirl around uh, a single personality it's always the beginning of the end i mean the, the the soviet union which after all lasted for 70 years which is longer than the chinese communist party's rule of of, of, of china the, the 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 roots of its decline everybody says began when stalin refused to budge and remained in power for more or less two decades and that was what brought the system down it's true that it didn't immediately collapse i mean khrushchev succeeded him um and of course there was a line of other successes but it was steady decline wasn't it was it? steady decline mm. and and it was steady decline from the 1950s when when stalin died into the into the 1970s and you know to the final collapse in the 1980s. And the rot set in simply because the, the system became so highly personalised. So, you know, if you had a leader who was less effective than, than, than Stalin had been, and, and, you know, obviously he was effective. I mean, he did awful, awful things, the Great Famine, the Great Purges. You, you, you list them off. Well, you know, ditto Mao Zedong. Mm. Um, just at the Winter Olympics, just on uh, the closing on Sunday night, we saw the the, the video, the intro to uh, Beijing, um, yes. getting the Winter Olympics in four years' time. Fun times all round. And of course, uh, there he was, President Xi on video, um, introducing Beijing. We don't often really sort of seem to see him address um, folks. I don't know, and he, he did come over as very, I don't know, domineering. He just did. Well, just... He's, he's a big man. I mean, mm. he's, he's physically a big man. That's, that, that's not, not a secret. Um, but I mean, if, if you've heard him speak, he's, he's a terrible speaker, as it so happens. Mm. So, you know, he, 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 he and so he's a realist. He, he doesn't do, uh, it's quite interesting that point you made, he doesn't do much sort of set-piece public speaking. I mean, he's, he, he, he obviously he delivers the address to the, whatever it is, party mm. congress, to the opening of the MPC session and what have you. But uh, by and large, he's not like Mao, who also incidentally was a lousy speaker, w w would stand in the middle of Tiananmen Square and address the masses. Mm. Mm. No, it's a, it's a bit different. I mean, what are the parallels? Do you think, though, um, you know, with other um, one-party, one-man states, dictatorships, call them what you like? Um, you know, obviously, we've seen fairly recently the end of Mugabe. We've seen in the end Zimbabwe. of Mugabe. We've we've seen Joseph's uh, 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 Zuma in, 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 in South in Africa. South Africa. Mm. Mm. We've seen um, uh, throughout history. It's the one thing you are sure of is that every person who clings on to power, does so unsuccessfully. I mean, mm. even, even I, I'll give you a, a, a quite good example from Britain, 
where at least you have an elected system and people had a choice. But, you know, it was quite clear that the last term in office that Winston Churchill had was an unmitigated hmm. disaster. He shouldn't have been there. So why does this happen? I mean, is it is it because the underlings, the people that surround, you know, are so sort of yes-men, or they become yes-men, in, in, in they, awe, and plus, then they just believe the publicity? No, no, plus and, they owe their position. That's the point. Yeah. They owe their position. Is that why it happens, is well, it? I think, I mean, even mm. e- even in an elected system, I mean, uh, the, the cabinet, the last cabinet that, that um, uh, Churchill presided over was filled with his yes-men. I mean, his chosen successor, <coughs> Anthony Eden, was, was the person who was chosen by mm. Churchill, and mm. he kept dangling it, saying, you know, Anthony, don't worry, one day you'll be Prime Minister. And he was going, could that be tomorrow? No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> so, you know, you, mm. you, you choose your people, you, you have a tight clique around you, 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 you acquire, in a dictatorship particularly, every lever of power, so that it's not just the people at the top, but as you filter down the system, everybody's dependent on the boss for their job, for their position in society, and incidentally, not to get arrested. Because remember, there's a great purge going on in China as well mm. of uh, under the um, aegis of the anti-corruption campaign. And it's staggering how selective that campaign is. I mean, you know, it is true that it's catching corrupt people. Is it capturing corrupt people who are loyal to the boss? I rather doubt that. Steve Irons is in the house. OK, let's come um, back, to, back locally. And, of course, um, the buses have been in the frame uh, over the last uh, couple of weeks or so. And, the, and KMB, they seem to be a... Yeah, the Kowloon Motor Bus muddled. Company. What a company. I mean, <laughs> j- just in case the listener has missed it, I mean, there was the tragic accident on the Typo Road, the old Typo mm, Road, terrible. Mm. about two weeks ago leading to a, a quite understandable discussion of um, safety practices at KMB, mm. employment of drivers, you know, how come they've got so many part-time drivers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So KMB's response to all of this has been... Um, uh, um, uh, well, uh, yeah, maybe we'll do something, but... So a group of drivers um, have requested... You wouldn't have thought this is so dramatic. The the um, the right to talk to the management of KMB about their position, and, and KMB have just said, "Yes, I'm on the high moral ground. We're all going splendidly. No, we won't talk to you." So this is led by a woman. I'm unfortunately I can't remember her name, uh, who's been very. She's very articulate and very mm. outspoken. And so finally they agreed to meet her. And then you know, like a few hours before uh, meeting, I said, "Oh, the condition of us meeting you is you don't represent anyone. We're just seeing you oh, as yes. an individual this driver." Is a strange story. And then she said. Well, no, I'm here to, you know, I'm I'm the leader of this group and I want to meet you in that capacity. So, I mean, this is a company that seems determined to turn a tragedy into a disaster Mm. because, you know, they obviously will not engage with their workforce and they do what all of these companies do when they're on the back foot. They go, oh, well, you know, these people don't represent anyone. Everybody, everything is perfectly all right. We've taken decisive action. One of the things they've done is suspended all the part-time drivers, which is very unfair to them, creates an enormous labour shortage of drivers for the company itself. I mean, you know, of all the idiot things to do, that seemed to be one of the more obviously stupid things to do. But, you know, this is a company that will not listen to its own staff, will not listen to the concerns of the public, and has the sort of transport bureau hovering in the background going, oh, 
you must do something. Oh, you must do something. Mm. We've got to, we've got to do the better. Belt and road. But, I mean, but, but, Hong Kong companies generally, though, sometimes really don't do well at, at sorting out these things, do well, they? Well, Hong I Kong mean, companies, uh, as you know, I mean, there's very weak trade unions in Hong Kong. Some people think that's a fabulous thing. I personally don't think it's a fabulous thing. But Hong Kong companies that employ a lot of people, and KMB does employ a lot of people, don't really have a fantastic record for labour relations. I mean, they're just not good at it. Mm. I don't think... I mean, KMB is particularly bad. I mean, the other bus companies aren't as bad as KMB, so they shouldn't all be tarred with the same brush. And there are, you know, other large employers that seem to manage to employ a lot of people without getting into these pickles. But, you know, the point is that something very bad has happened on their watch. Now, they say, oh, it's this rogue driver who came in late and, you know, he was irresponsible and that's the end of the story. No, it ain't. It ain't the end of the story. It's, the buck doesn't mm. just stop with the underlings. The whole point of having a corporate organisation is the responsibility lies at the upper levels. KMB yeah. always takes the view that nothing is their fault. Mm. Steve Vines is here on a Thursday morning every week. Thanks, Steve. I'm not taking the